listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. We're going to be talking about one of the most important things you can learn as a young person. Actually, mm-hmm. I'm going to say the most important. Yeah. yeah. The most important thing that you can learn as a young Christian. And right. we're going to be dealing with it on the broadcast today. I'm glad my nephew's joining me to talk about this because it's, it's actually something that's kind of plagued uh, young people forever. And mm-hmm. that's why the Lord gave us this ability and this tool, which we're going to discuss in a moment. But let me say before we go... My nephew, Alex, you, you, you felt the call uh, to preach the gospel how right. long ago? Probably, so it was back in 2015 at Uproar. No, it was 2014. The first time I came, Joel, uh, Stockstill. Joel Stockstill was preaching. And I, I like felt like, I was like, he was like calling people out in the word of knowledge, like saying, you're going to be a preacher. I was like, I was like, Lord, please have him call me out. Because I thought like, that's the only way I can be a preacher is if he calls me out right now. Mm-hmm. And I was just like praying the whole time, like, what am I going to do? What? And then I asked my gammy if I could uh, talk to him afterwards. And he was just saying, well, you gotta be, you gotta be led by the spirit. You've gotta hear the call for yourself. And then I just realized like that one thing that like, I wanted him to call me out so badly. And I just like realized, well, maybe that's the call. Like I mm-hmm. felt it. And then the next year you called me out, you said, God's gonna use you to preach the gospel. And it just, I've never really had like a, a doubt about that. Cause it's like, you know, it's the only thing I can. It's what you felt. Right. That's awesome. So Cody, if you're watching, Upper conference making a direct impact on my family. Um, And so in the middle of, by the way, if you guys don't know about Upper conference, that is the youth conference that takes place in uh, Elmira, New York, Mm -hmm. every single summer. It's Horseheads this last year, but it was in Elmira right at the convention center that year. For two years. For two years. It was at the hockey stadium. So, yeah, he was in Horseheads. But anyway, it's that same area. And so... Absolutely free, um, and you can check it out at theuproar.org, and that's where we were. And uh, Pastor Joel Stockstill, who's been on this broadcast before um, with me, was the one that called you out. But you've you felt that call to ministry, and so now you're pursuing it, and um, you're you're actually taking Bible school courses while you're taking right. high school courses. Yeah. So both so, at the same so, time. So yeah, by the time I finish, it's doubling up. Yeah. We don't have time left. We got to mm-hmm. go. Seriously, but um, but yeah, doubling up, getting some out of the way. Not so out of the you're way, you're getting um, credits like while you're in high school, but you're right. getting college credits as well yep. for Bible school. Yep, from Wave College near where I live. That's awesome. Yeah. So and that's and that's why I, reason one of the reasons I mentioned that is because you know we're going to be talking about if you haven't figured it out yet, you know how to be led by the Spirit of God, which is my opinion the most important thing. For any Christian young person to learn and to uh, figure out how that happens and how to hear the voice of the Lord, yeah. uh, your life, your future depends on it. Britt's saying, how old are you, Alex? I'm 16. I know 16 I years old. It, yeah. I am. 16 years old. And, um, you know, that's the important thing. You know, Britt's son, Brady, mm-hmm. felt the call to be a preacher. Right. At what age? Like six? How old was he, Carolyn? 
six years old? Britt, I should ask you. Yeah. How, how, old, how old was Brady when he felt the call to be a, a preacher? Six, seven, something like that? I'm not, I'm not sure if I remember exactly, but you're never too young. Here's the point that I want to make to you. You're never too young to hear the voice, uh, nine years old. Mm. You're never too young to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to impress upon every person that's watching. I felt called to preach the gospel when I was five. Wow. And I was up in Canada at one of my father's revivals. Same thing, um, same thing that, that you felt. I felt right. like that strong urge to go to the altar. And right. my mom was like, well, no, we're not doing that right now. But if you feel to, just go ahead and go down. And uh, I, I got out of my seat that night, five years old, went to the altar. Mm-hmm. The pastor, he was an old Pentecostal preacher. He called me up, sat me on his knee and told, he said, many of you don't realize this. The Lord's calling this young man to preach the gospel. And uh, it's important to understand that children can hear the voice of the Lord. Young teenagers, preteens can hear the voice of the Lord like Brady did, felt the call to preach the gospel. Teenagers like my uh, nephew, you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You're never too young to hear the voice of the Lord. Remember this. If you have a regenerated spirit, if you are uh, a Christian, you know, you have direct access to the spirit of God and you're not too young. Look at uh, Samuel in the Mm -hmm, Bible, right? You know, he's in there and uh, God's raising him up to be a prophet. And he hears the voice of the Lord in the night and goes in to ask Eli, did you call me? He said, no, I didn't call you. And he says, go back to bed. He goes back, hears the voice again. Did you call me? No. And then finally he says to him, Hey, when you hear that voice again, say, uh, I'm here, Lord, right. so, you know, speak. Yeah. And so you, he was a little boy. You don't have to be 30 years old before the Lord can speak to you. Right. And the younger you learn to hear his voice, the less like heartache and trouble you're going to experience because <laughs> absolutely it's, it's going to save you a crappy life because like <laughs> once, once you start to understand that voice, you'll never be led in a, in a wrong direction because a wrong direction is what's going to cause, I mean, it could cause the downfall of your life. Absolutely. Well, it's like I heard one preacher say before. He said, you know, some mistakes are easy to recover from. Mm -hmm. Other mistakes are hard to recover from. And some mistakes you never recover from. Right. Yeah. And and that's, that really is the danger of ignoring the leading of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you ignore God's voice when he's speaking to you, you know, remember this, God never speaks to us to manipulate us right? because he wants to be controlling. It's because he loves us and he wants to see us blessed and he wants to see us make right decisions, wants to see us have right outcomes. Mm-hmm. And so when people get up, I would ne- why would anyone ever be upset that the Lord's giving them an instruction? Right. It's because he loves you and it brings blessing. We're mm-hmm. going to cover that today, but um, you know, you've seen it. It's like when you, when you start talking about, and you made a great point when we were driving over one of the reason that reasons that it's so vital that young people learn it mm-hmm. is because a lot of the important decisions you make that shape the path of your life are made when you're right. younger. Yeah, your college. I mean, even the friends that you make in middle school, high school, and going up into college, they're going to shape you and have a great influence on you. And if you don't guard like what you're doing in that time, then you can like look back and see, well, well, that actually like impacted me in a way that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And then you can look back and say, well, I definitely could have made a better decision there. And the Holy Spirit would have helped you with that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's like 
I love that you brought up the point of friends um, because the Bible speaks a lot about relationships. And I can't tell you how much I've stressed this, especially when speaking to students, is to be led by the spirit and keep an eye on your human spirit when you're in relationships with people, friend right. relationships, yeah. dating, because you'll feel a check in your spirit. Um, and the, you know, the Bible speaks about the fact that good character can be corrupted by bad company. Let me say that again for those of you that are watching. Good character, you could have good character and it can be corrupted by bad company. And that's why Paul, uh, in speaking to the church in Corinth said, uh, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. That's 2 Corinthians chapter six. Don't be unequally yoked. Right. Because see, and then he explains why. What relationship does light have with darkness? Mm -hmm. What relationship does Christ have with the devil, the Bible right. says, yep. or the temple of God with idols? And it's a, it doesn't mean we don't love unbelievers. Of course we love them. I mean, you think people would give their life like he is going to do and like I've done to reaching the lost if you don't love people, and love unbelievers? It's yeah. not we don't love them. Of course we do. Mm -hmm. It's just that you have to be careful in to guard yourself from uh, relationships that will harm your character, as the Bible says. And I love, uh, what is it, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, where the Bible says, um, as iron sharpens iron, right. so a friend sharpens a friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself, you know, are the friends that you have sharpening you or are they dulling your blade? Right. And you, there's a danger with that. Like I've fallen into it where it's like, you know, you're, you're encouraged to win the loss. You, you have that burning desire to win the loss. And like when you get saved or maybe you grew up in church, but you have uh, friends that are unbelievers, you might, there's their fine line between trying to win them for Jesus and being unequally yoked with them. Right. Because you have to guard yourself, but at the same time, start uh, to try to influence their, uh, their decision and, and uh, giving their life to Jesus. But, but you have to guard that decision because there's a fine line between that because you can get into a place where you say, well, I'm just trying to win the lost. Right. And then, and then cross over in a line where, where they're influencing you. In right. And way. that's the thing. That's where the line is, if you're wondering. Because... What ends up happening is you could spend so much time with them. And what I've seen happen more often than not, especially for young people that are not uh, strong in the Lord, is that they, they get around those people. And instead of pulling those people up to the yeah. standard where they live, mm -hmm. most of the time they get pulled down to the standard where those other people are. Mm -hmm. And then they start compromising their beliefs right. and they take actions that are displeasing to the Lord and they compromise their Christianity so that they can continue hanging out with those people. So mm -hmm. don't allow it to be, uh, you know, well, I'm doing that under the guise of, well, right. I'm, when I'm, I'm witnessing, they're looking at my life. Right. Because uh, unless you're strong, it, it doesn't happen that way. It doesn't ever actually end up being the case. You have, and remember this, because this is one of the most important things I think any young person could remember or learn, mm -hmm. is it's not how much like the world we are that's going to win them to Jesus. It's how much unlike the world we are. Mm, say that. <laughs> Period. 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 Hold the people in the back. <laughs> it's, it's true, though. 
It's like it's not going to be how much like them you are. See, right. that's the thing. People look at if people look at you, and they see someone that looks just like them. Yeah. Well, they do all the same stuff I do. They, you know, every everything, everything. Yeah. They talk like me. They do all the same stuff as me. You know, why do I need to change my life? I look like this Christian dude I know. Yeah. Like, what's what? What are you offering to them? If your if your life looks the same as theirs, what's the draw? Like. If, if they do the same things you're doing, then you're in trouble because, because you're not actually being a good witness. And also, you have nothing to show them that, like, this is what happens when you serve the Lord. Totally. And, like, this is how your life turns out when you serve the Lord. Right. It's like, it, it'd be, it would be like, let's say you had, like, an old clunker of a car. Mm-hmm. And then the, the guy, the salesperson was trying to upgrade you to, like, some kind of sports car. Mm-hmm. And they were like you need to get this sports car right here. I'm like, oh, really? Is it is it faster than my car? Well, no, it goes the same speed. Right. Oh, well, does it have air conditioning? Because mine does Well, no, it doesn't have air conditioning right. either. Yeah. You know, well, does it have like a sunroof? Because mine doesn't. Well, no, it's, it doesn't have a sunroof. Right, yeah. So it's like, okay, so why would I upgrade? Right. Because that, what you're trying to sell me, is all the same stuff I already have. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why I'm saying. The whole reason that, you know, and I wrote this, uh, wrote the book, The Blood on the Door book, because... When, I'm, when I make that point, God wants to make a distinction mm. between what his people look like and what everybody else looks like. It's like, why should I have to suffer the same crises that the world suffers if I have a redeemer? That's the whole point. You know, it's like, if there's nothing that's different about being a Christian, why be one? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it makes no sense. And people, even anybody that has a logical brain thinks that way. Right, yeah. They're like, well, I don't, why would I need to change? I have, you know, and, and that's and that's the problem. That's the problem of not being led by the Spirit. Right, and that's like the danger of, of camouflaging, in, you know, camouflage Christianity. We're like, if if someone uh, is, is experiencing like trouble in their life and they're experiencing heartache and depression and they go into a church and it looks the same as like a nightclub, what? they're not looking to stay in their own trouble. Like deep down, they want to get out of the place that they're in. And there needs to be someone that's higher than them that can re- reach down and pull them out. That's right. And, and you know, that's as, as, as true as that is, it's sad to me that that's a controversial thought in the body of Christ. Right. Like, yeah. well, what do you mean someone higher than them? Are you saying you're better? Right. It's like, no, but you realize that there are levels of strength in Christianity. Not mm-hmm. everyone's at the same level of faith. The Bible is very clear on this. Not everybody's at the same level of faith. Not everybody's at the same level of maturity. Not everybody's at the same level of strength. And so there are people that are more developed in their Christianity that have a greater capacity to help you than those who don't. Mm-hmm. And that that's not like a, you know, the, the biggest criticism of this, especially with the Holy Ghost, is well, now you're creating caste systems in the, in oh, Christianity. Yeah. You're creating levels like, oh, he's a spirit-filled right. Christian, so he must be like a better. No, it's that there are different levels. Anybody that, I mean, anybody that thinks logically would understand that just it, like at any else, any other thing in life, there are levels of development, levels of strength, levels of efficiency. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, that, if you don't believe that's true, why would anybody be more qualified to get the promotion at work than someone else? Right. They're more efficient. They're more fruitful. They're more impactful. You know, all the things that put you in position to receive a promotion in the natural are the same things in the spirit realm that allow God to promote you. Right. And, and then people say, 
well, it's all level ground at the cross, you know, we're all the same. But, I mean, yeah, sure, but then people put in more time in prayer, put yep. in more time in fasting, Dedication. getting in God's word, that's what brings you up. And then you have to realize, like, people aren't going to be level by the time it's over. Because right. some people don't steward what they have well. Because God is not a socialist. Right. Yeah. He doesn't believe in the equal distribution of wealth. Right. Or, or any other thing. If you if you read the parable of the, uh, of the talents, what did the, the master say at the very end? Based upon the people's, the, the servant's dedication. He said, for the one who has one talent, because he buried it in the ground, take it away from him yeah. and give it to the one who has ten. Because to him that has more will be given. But to he that does not have, even what he does have will be taken away. Why? Because God, the way God operates is that he rewards fruitfulness and dedication. Mm -hmm. He just does. That's God's system. He rewards fruitfulness and dedication. And he, uh, he punishes, if you will, those that refuse to be fruitful and dedicate themselves. That's why the Bible is very clear, you know, um, that we please God by our faith, mm -hmm. but he's a rewarder, the Bible says, of those, those that diligently, diligently seek, seek him. him. Right. Not everybody, those that seek him. Right. And he gives you the opportunity to seek him. Like what you were saying in the car earlier, we weren't talking about this, but you yeah, said I know what you mean. equality of opportunity. But Versus not, equality of outcome. Right. Yeah. Yep. Because God gives us all the ability to study his word and pray and fast right. and seek his face and get promotion. Right. But people don't want to do that. So if you don't want to do that, you're not just going to get to the place yeah. of someone who's put in all that time in prayer and fasting. So if, for those of you that are not, not really quite familiar with that concept, we were discussing the difference between equality of opportunity, which we should be for everybody, mm -hmm. even in society, we should be for that, for that. Everybody has uh, equal opportunity to display their talents and abilities. But something that is uh, insanely crazy to, to think about is what is trying to be pushed on us in our society today, equality of outcome, making mm -hmm. sure everyone gets the same thing at the end. You can't mm -hmm. do that. You can't do that. How are you going to do that? And how are you going to effectively um, enforce that across every boundary? You know, it doesn't work. That's when you get into communism and socialism. Yeah. You try to make sure everyone gets the same, no matter their level of ability, no matter their level of dedication. So when you bring that into Christianity, that thought process is basically what the hyper grace movement is. Yeah. The hyper grace movement is that a spiritual socialism mm -hmm. because it says you're not required to dedicate yourself. You don't have to live holy. You don't have to pray. You don't have to fast. You don't have to read God's word. You don't have to obey the Lord, but God will still bless you in the end right? because his grace yeah. is sufficient. That is spiritual socialism. It's spiritual uh, communism. Yeah. It basically, it puts, it, it basically the big, the big government, if you will, decides everything and what you do as an individual means nothing. It means nothing. Yeah. And they're pushing that on us. Yeah. They're pushing that on us. Mm -hmm. But that that's why that's such an evil thought process. Mm -hmm. Because it takes all responsibility off of the individual. Right. And basically says, you can live however you want. The outcome is going to be the same for you. Right. The quality of outcome. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. It produces laziness yep. and unfruitfulness. Sin. Yeah. Sin. Because, because once you start treating it like, oh, well, there's no reward to be had, then it's like, why would you live holy? Exactly. You know? And it says God will reward those who diligently seek him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it's, it's only the diligent that he rewards. 
the dedicated. Mm -hmm. That's why the Bible says, and I mean, that's not just that one. Uh, <laughs> Lilia yeah. said participation trophy. I totally agree. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't like participation trophies. Hate them. Don't want a trophy for participating. No one that lost wants to get a trophy for it's, losing. It's like insulting too. It it's is. like they think they're making you hey, feel good. Good job, buddy. I, I know you did. You good put in work. the time picking your nose in center field. Um, <laughs> like a kid just running around picking like flowers in left field. Let me tell you, that was me in, in soccer. I hated <laughs> soccer. I was just picking flowers. I was four though. Okay, so I didn't deserve it was a last trophy. year. But <laughs> <laughs> but seriously. You failed, but here's a prize. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's insulting. I don't know if you know this. I like Lilia. Did you? I do. I do like you? her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's true. You know, and here's the, here's the thing, too, is that's not, we're not, we're not cherry picking one scripture from the Bible. Right, yeah. And saying, well, like, you know, it says in Hebrews 11, 6. Yeah. And it, it's throughout the Bible. You know, it's like you go to 2 Chronicles 16, 9. The eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro mm -hmm. throughout the whole earth to find people whose hearts are loyal to him, on whose behalf he will show himself strong and mighty. It's not just in one place. Uh, Job 36, 11, If you'll obey and serve me, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Psalm 84, 11, God will withhold no good thing right. from those who walk uprightly. Right. Psalm chapter one, blessed are those that do not stand around with sinners or join in with mockers or sit in the seat of the scornful. Mm -hmm. They'll be like trees planted along the riverbank. Their leaves will never wither. They'll prosper in all they do. It's throughout the whole Bible. Mm -hmm. yeah. We're not cherry picking scriptures. This is God's way. Yeah. Like the whole book of Psalms pretty this much. Is is this is the way. Yeah. The whole book of Psalms is pretty much just like, the righteous will succeed. Right. He covers, he covers the righteous with favor as a shield. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just like all throughout the Bible. And then people want to say like, well, it doesn't matter what you do, you know, as long as you're in Jesus and he's in you, you, you know, you'll do well. Right. And we're, we're all just, you know, we're all just sinners saved by grace. That, that's the whole, that's the whole thing that will stop you from, from pushing forward and succeeding because you have to realize that there's things that you can do. You're in, you're in control yep. of like where you get. It's not like you're sitting around and just waiting for God to like bless you. You can, like you said yesterday, you can attract the favor of God onto your own life. And it's not something that Jesus did on the cross. We can do it through that, but it's something that we have to initiate. Of course, because I mean, think about it this way. You know, yes, Jesus died on the cross and that is our entrance. He said, mm -hmm. I am the door, I'm the right. way, the truth, and the life. We, none of this could be done without the blood of Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's very clear. But does the blood of Jesus force everybody into victory? No, it doesn't. It's true. Because look around. You can see Christians that clearly do not have the victory. You can see Christians that clearly are suffering from the attack of the devil that they've not gained victory over. Yeah. It just, it's very plain. Uh, does it for, cause, and here's the, the most basic, uh, way to see it. Does Jesus sacrifice on the cross force everyone into salvation? No. no. In fact, right. the Bible says that the, it's a, a narrow path and few there be that find it. Mm -hmm. So not, it's not going to be the majority of people that are on their way to heaven. It'll be the minority. The Bible says, mm -hmm. so yes, Jesus died on the cross, but that sacrifice did not force everybody into salvation. And of course the Bible says the gospel has to be preached. And when it is, people have to believe what they hear. You know, Paul made it clear that the gospel 
is the power of God unto salvation, mm-hmm. Romans yeah. 1 16. But then in the 10th chapter of his letter to the Romans, he explains how it works. You know, how can they call on somebody right. that they've not even heard about, you know, or that they've not believed, right. you know? And that just like, that just like crushes the whole, I mean, like the whole like hyper so- sovereignty of God. Well, God's all, all powerful. He's in control. He'll do it. You know, like it just pushes the responsibility off of you. Yeah. And so th- that's why we're talking about this because every young person, and it doesn't matter what age you are, but I wanted to specify this today. Uh, because I've got Alex with me, because young people need to hear this. A lot of those important decisions are being made in your earlier years. Doesn't mean you can't benefit from the leading of the spirit later in life. Of course you can, but it's better. You know how much easier it is to start on the right course than to make those, um, you know, those uh, mistakes and then have to redirect yourself, redirect by the Holy Ghost. It's so much easier to make the right decision the first time. Right. You know what I mean? Then to have to deal with mistake after mistake after mistake. But I want you to put this in the comments today before we even open the word and put, I can be led by the spirit of God. Because I think there's people that think that, you know, well, that's for like, you know, preachers or that's for people that are like, you know, leaders. Yeah, in the, right. Yeah. It's for every believer. I can be led by the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. So I want you to put in the comments today. And we're going to deal with it and we're going to talk. But not only that, I'm going to give you five things that we'll talk through uh, that are benefits to being led by the Spirit of God. Five benefits of being led by the Spirit of God. We'll talk about that today too. There, there you go. I can be led by the Spirit of God. Right. And um, it's important that you recognize that. You know, it's like you, you said, you know, you were in, you may not have thought of it this th- that way when you're in that service, mm-hmm. but you were standing in that service being led by yeah. God's spirit. I didn't know. I thought it was like, I thought I wasn't supposed to, you know, feel, feel like I want to, unless I got like a word from the Lord. But that word came from the Holy spirit in me because he was pulling me. It, it was like a, a drawing and it's almost like, like a rock in the pit of your stomach. Like if I don't, if I don't do this, something bad's going to happen, you mm-hmm. know? And it's just like, it's so sure, not in your mind, like you said yesterday, it's not going to make sense to your mind. Right. Like it didn't make sense to me. I Doesn't was, always make I sense. was 10. I did. My dad, I, my dad wasn't, my dad isn't a preacher. My mom isn't a preacher, but it just, it did, it didn't make sense to my mind. Oh, it's back on. Okay. Um, but it made sense to my spirit. It's almost like super joy, joyful when I think of it. And I, when I think of it today, like I have no second, you know, I've got no backup plan. Well, that's like what I was saying yesterday, how, you know, uh, Isaiah, what is it? 55, 12. I made that point. The Bible says that we go out in joy mm-hmm. and we're led forth by peace. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what you were feeling. And, and I, by the way, this is in the, um, the fasting book that was just released complete guide to biblical fasting. I talk about how, uh, fasting and prayer are one of the main ways that we hear the voice of the Lord. You know, sometimes people's flesh is so strong in their life, their carnal nature, they don't hear the voice of God. Mm-hmm. You have to quiet the flesh and hear the spirit. Yeah. But one of the things that I dealt with yesterday that every person that wants to be led by the spirit of God should know this and should recognize this principle. When you're making a decision or when there's a decision placed in front of you, you have to know that the way God leads us, I used Psalm 23 yesterday, he leads us by peace. 
Right. He's not going to lead you to, to make a decision you don't have, and you're not going to have peace about it. You're like in turmoil internally, and you're anxious, and all this other stuff. Going, and you're, that's not going to be the case. When God leads you, what did David say? The the shepherd. He's he's following the great shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. Mm-hmm. Still waters. God leads you into peace. So like it's like Alex was saying. He felt the joy of like man. I feel I'm, I'm I feel to preach. He feels the peace being led in that direction. Right. You're not going to be led by God and God leads you into anxiety over the decisions you're making. Right. Leads you yeah. into depression over the deci- that that's not how God works. Mm-hmm. So when it's it's by the way this is a telltale key and sign uh to know that you're headed in the direction the Holy Spirit's leading you because there will be times that you have multiple decisions in front of you. Mm-hmm. And you have to choose like well I could go this way this way or this way. But as you're praying as you're seeking the face of God, you ask yourself, and, and you, you can feel this by your spirit. If I imagine myself making decision A, does do I feel the peace of God on that? Does it feel peaceful? You know, and it's it's almost not something you can explain to people because you have to do it. You have to experience it. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you say, okay, what about decision B? I don't know. I, I don't feel, it just doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. It's not way you can say it. But it's not your, your feelings, it's your spirit. Right. And What I, about decision C? Right. I feel peace about that. Right. Yeah, yeah. I do that a lot. Like when you said that yesterday, I was like, you know, yeah, that's exactly what I do when I, when I like, I have decisions in front of me, you know, like where I'm going to go to college. I think about it. I do the exact same thing. I think about me making these decisions and it's almost like the other decisions. It's like kind of like, I don't know. It's, it's an actual like sickening feeling to me. Like this isn't right. I shouldn't do this, but and it doesn't make sense to my mind. I don't know why I haven't like checked out those schools. I don't know like what they offer, but I know the spirit is leading me in that way. Like, don't do it. It's a big like billboard. Don't make that decision. But when when you find that right decision that the Holy Spirit wants you to take, it's almost like there's no resistance. You know, it's like it's a easy stream. You just feel it like that would be great. I, I feel peace in my spirit. Yeah, the, that that feeling of peace. And that's why I try to explain this to people, because I have people that will ask and say, well, how do you know you're being led by the spirit? Right. You know, that comes up all the time. How do you know you're being led by the spirit? One of the main ways you know is that peace. Right. That is such a key. You know by the peace of God that passes. Now, here, here's the phrase that mm-hmm. we see in the New Testament. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, that's big because when you say that, People say, well, what does that mean? Peace of God, pass on understanding. It means that you will be able to have peace in times when others looking from the outside will say, how in the world are you peaceful right. with all of this going right. on? Right. Yeah. How in the world are you peaceful when, when, you know, and it's because this peace is beyond human understanding. That's why it's supernatural. Mm-hmm. It's beyond human understanding. Uh, Lilia said the tummy ache means it's a no-go. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. And so I tell people this because it's a weird concept to say, well, be led by the spirit. Right. You know, it's like, well, how, if somebody yeah. didn't grow up in Pentecostal Christianity, it's like, what does that yeah. mean? How are you led by the spirit? Yeah. Find the peace of God. Mm-hmm. Find the peace of God. Where's the peace? It, if you, if you don't have peace, like, like for myself, when I, uh, when I was deciding where to go to Bible mm-hmm. school. Yeah. Here's where it didn't make sense for me. My grandfather and grandmother 
who are who were ministers over 60 years. My grandfather's gone home to be with the Lord. My grandmother's still alive. Uh, all of my family, my all my uncles and my father and mother went to, and then my cousin, Jonathan, his sister, Jessica, uh, all went to the same Bible school, all of them. It was like our family had gone to this school for generations and everybody, which everybody in my family is in the ministry and they'd all gone there. And I was planning to go there. I was making up my mind, making a decision to go there. And then I began to pray about it. It's always a mistake. Put this in the comments. It's a mistake to make life decisions without praying. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a mistake to make life decisions without praying and fasting, especially if they're big decisions. Mm-hmm. So I took this literature for this other Bible school to my high school. And I was in high school that day and I just kind of carried around with my books and my backpack, whatever, and prayed through the day. It only took one day for God to speak to me. Mm-hmm. And as I began to ask him about what I should do, see, I was just making the decision because it's what had been done. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was tradition more than anything. Mm-hmm. And, and this may sound cliche. It's not write this in your notes. Tradition cancels God's transaction. Tradition cancels God's transaction. If you only do something because everybody else has always done it, you'll miss the leading of the spirit Mm -hmm. because by default, you'll just say, well, that's my choice because that's what everybody in my family did. Don't do that. Hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I had to do. I took it to school and I began to pray and I prayed in the spirit and I prayed in my known language and I took that time. And the more I asked God that day, Mm -hmm. I felt, uh, not, I felt the lack of peace mm-hmm. on the, the school that everybody in my family had gone to for yeah. generations. And I was like, the more I prayed, the more I was like, oh man, that's the bad, that's a bad move. I'm not yeah. supposed to, but this one that I had in my hand, this, which was Rama Bible training center at the time, uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, I was like, man, this is it. And I felt the peace of this. I felt the leading towards this, the draw and the peace to that decision. Now it didn't make sense. To my natural mind, none of my family had gone there. We didn't know anybody. You know, we didn't spend time in Oklahoma. None of that. It, 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 thousand miles away from home. Yeah. None of it made sense. But the Holy Spirit gave me peace about that decision. Yeah. And then you have to, and then of course, all the things you've heard me tell the stories, all the confirmations, that's what happens when you follow the voice of God. Right. And it's, it, like you said, it's dangerous to make major life decisions without praying and then without fasting. Because, you know, in the book of Joshua, there's a story where Joshua and the Israelites are, you know, the, the word spreads throughout the land that God's with them, that his hand is on them. And, and this, this enemy or from, from a close-up land comes to try to make peace with them because, you know, they don't want to get destroyed. But they, they try to deceive the Israelites and say, well, we're from a far-off land, so they put on um, worn-out clothes and worn-out saddles and stuff. And they deceived Joshua. And the Bible says clearly, and it jumped out at me when I read it, and they didn't consult the Lord yeah. and let them in. So like that, that major, and then you see it doesn't go well for them. Because if they would have prayed, if Joshua would have just asked the Lord and said, is this the right decision? Should we make peace with them? The Lord would have told him. The Holy Spirit would have told him, no, they're lying to you. They're deceiving you. Because there are people that are going to try to deceive you, and the Holy Spirit lets you know ahead of time. He tells you secrets about the future. That's right. He'll let you know ahead of time what's coming because he doesn't want to see your destruction. He's instructing you so that you can um, walk in the way he wants you to. Well, same thing. Like when you go back to the Old Testament when they were getting ready to go into the promised land, 
And God gives them specific leading, specific instruction. When you get into Canaan, there will be pagans living there. Don't intermarry with them. Mm -hmm. Don't marry their women. You know, tear down their their altars, tear Mm -hmm. down their statues. Don't make covenants with them. Right. And the Bible says that they did not listen to the instruction of God and they did marry the women. They didn't tear down their altars or their statues and listen to this phrase. And the Bible says, and the next generation arose that did not know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not that they didn't serve him. Right. They didn't know him. That's crazy. In one generation, one bad move from God's people caused the next generation to rise up who didn't even know God. I mean, that's huge. It doesn't take 30 generations to have that kind of, um, you know, detrimental effect on your life. One generation. Yeah. One generation. Uh, You know, only one generation has to stop serving God to break that line of faithfulness. You know, it's not to say that God can't save the grandchildren, but imagine this. Let's say I was on fire for God, but then all of a sudden, you know, I quit serving God, Mm -hmm. you know, in my, let's say today I quit serving God and I'm, you know, I'm 38 years old and my kids are young and impressionable. And then now they're going to grow up in a home with a family that no longer serves the Lord. We don't go to church anymore. I don't read my Bible. We're just completely, you know, we, we've, we're apostate. And so now my kids are going to grow up in a home that no longer, uh, participates in God's plan. Well, what's going to happen? They are now going to have that sown into their spirit and they're the next generation. They will rise up, not knowing the things of God. They'll, they'll be raised up, not in the house, not in the word, not in the spirit, not none of those things. And then what happens? That seed goes on to their next generation and their next gen, unless a miracle of God takes place, right? It only takes one generation. Mistakes are costly. Mm-hmm. Decisions make a difference. Yeah. You can't just be flippant with your life or you'll have a crappy life. Right. Like many people do. They have a crappy life. Right. They have a crappy job that they hate. They make a crappy amount of money. And it's like, well, you, you tell me, yes, these things all are directed by the spirit of God. Yeah. He's leading you for a reason. It's not just right. to like to pull you around in like circles and, and see where he can get you to go. He sees the path he has for you and he wants you to, the, the light of the word of God is a lamp under my feet and a path. So you're supposed to walk on that path. And then, like you said, some decisions are easy to come back from. Sure. Some are hard and some you don't like that one in the, in the old Testament, that was a pretty big, like, mistake like that one thing cost a whole generation to just like slip away just like that right and and then it's important first of all you got to ask him pray about it like that's the first thing pray about it and ask him that's why he says ask me and then i will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. right you first have to ask him you know the, the one who asks receives the one who seeks um finds and the one who knocks the door will be open to him you've got to ask him first of all it's like king saul you know when, when David was getting, when, you know, Samuel came to, uh, you know, David's Jesse's house to anoint David as King, King Saul lost the anointing of God. Mm. The anointing was yeah. removed from him and he never got it back. Never got it back. Was, was disgraced in battle, shamed, um, literally, um, defeated depression, you know, had yeah. to have 
uh, his, uh, one of the young soldiers kill him in battle so that his enemies wouldn't kill him. But then his enemies found his body, you know, cut his head off, hung his body, you know, in, in a nearby town, sent his armor out through the land. That will happen you to know. you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, like, look at that. One does, he made one mistake, mm-hmm. you know, decided not to wait for the prophet and offer the sacrifice himself. Yeah. Made one it mistake up and he lost the anointing, never got it back again. And so, you know, mistakes are costly. They're not something to be flipping about. And being led by the spirit is key. And that's why we're dealing with this today, because we want to see you uh, prosper in all that you do. We want to see you succeed in what God's called you to do. And uh, when you are led by the spirit of God, there are major benefits to being led by God's spirit. I put down five that will literally... Um, the Bible not only promises them, but they will affect your life in a massive way. And uh, I want to just cover them quickly with you guys today, because as we're getting ready to jump into 2021, and we've been talking about what the word of the Lord is, that we're going to run in 2021, like we never have, Mm -hmm. with momentum, with power, with strength, making an impact. You can't do those things without being led by God's spirit. They don't just automatically happen. Mm-hmm. They happen because you're on the right track doing what the Lord's asked you to do. And so I uh, want to kind of deal with those, but um, we'll give you the scripture verses as well. But I'm going to give you five benefits. There are more, but we're just going to give you five that come from being led by the Spirit of God. Number one is that you experience the prosperity of God or the blessing of God yeah. upon your life. He leads you. In the blessing. Do you, do you have that uh, passage up? No, this is... Um, it's what is Isaiah 48 and verse 17, okay, which it. is a scripture that I've read often on the broadcast. But you'll notice that the prerequisite for this kind of blessing mm-hmm. is being led by God's spirit. Yeah. Um, you have it? Yeah. 48, 17? 48, 17. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel... I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you what is good for you and leads you along paths that you should follow. Yep. Sure that, that, that's NLT. You want yep, to read the it ESV in? says, I'm the Lord, your redeemer, the holy one. I'm the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit right. yeah, that's what and leads you in the way you should go, teaches you to profit. What does it mean when God teaches you to profit? Well, look at what Paul wrote to Timothy, who was his son in the gospel. And told him about following the voice and commands of God. Listen to 1 Timothy 4 and verse 8. He said, while bodily training or exercise Mm -hmm. is of some value, godliness, that's following God, by Mm -hmm. the way. Godliness just means following God. Godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life. Yeah. And for the life to come. Think about that because, you know, people think that the only benefit, there are Christians who believe oh, yeah. that the only benefit of being saved is that you get to go to heaven. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the only thing Jesus came for. Well, you know, he died for our sins. So one day it'll be all worth it. It's like, right. That's what they believe. And that's preached often. Yeah. You know, well, you know, we, we'll, we'll still go through all the same troubles and problems as everybody else in this world, but it'll all be worth it one day. Oh yeah. Day. I have, it's, it's ridiculous to me. I have. In Bible college, professors that like, it's like they have the same script. Like I get, I go into one class. 
Um, we're going to start off, but before we pray, let me encourage you with something. You know, life's going to be hard. Jesus never promised a good life on earth, but in heaven, it's going to be great. Go to the next class. Let me, uh, we're going to pray, but first, um, let me encourage you with something. Encourage. Yeah. Let me encourage you with something. <laughs> you know, Jesus never promised a good life. You know, many are the afflictions of the righteous. And then next Quote class. half scriptures. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. But he will deliver them from them all. It's ridiculous. And then the next class, it's, it's like, it's like, it's, it's pushed on you that this life's going to be crappy, but, you know, we're going to get to the, a good life. But this is the abundant life Jesus is talking about. Because the devil, think about it. If Jesus was talking about eternity in John 10.10, 10, then the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, he can't steal from you, kill you, and destroy you in heaven. Right. He's talking about this life. But I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. This life, the life that we're living now, is the abundant life. And yes, it's going to be even greater in heaven. But we can, we can actually have a great life. You don't have to, once you become a Christian, just have like, be like all sad all the time. Be, you know, like, you know, how are you? You know, getting through it. It's, it's you know, it's good. It's, it's nice. It's, it's just ridiculous. You have to... The struggle came, is real. Yeah, the struggle is real. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Billion, you did miss it. He is in Bible college at 16 because he's doing double duty. He's doing his high school classes and Bible school classes at the same time. So he's kind of getting uh, multiple credits at the mm, same time. Yeah. But look at this. You, you, you pointed it out. Godliness of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life. That's clear. And the life to come. Yeah. Not just for heaven, but for the present life as well. That's so important that you get that. Mm -hmm. Godliness does not just benefit you in heaven or what, you know, allow you to just get into heaven. Right. It allows you to experience heaven on earth. Mm. What did Jesus teach his disciples to pray in Matthew chapter six? Oh yeah. Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. So whatever God has initiated in heaven Jesus told his disciples, pray that it would be done on the earth, right? Pray that his will would be done on the earth as it is in heaven. That exempts us from many of the problems that others who are unbelievers must go through. Yeah. They must go through. But when you have a redeemer, the question is, what has he redeemed you from? Right. And when you're led by the spirit, look what the Lord said. He said, I'm the Holy one of Israel who teaches you to profit and leads you in the way you should go. So there's a way you should go and there's a way, and you, there's a way you could go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very important to know there's two. There's many ways you could go. There's only one way you should go. Yeah. There's only one college you're supposed to go to, one person you're supposed to marry, you know, one house that you're supposed to buy. He has a perfect will for your life. And if you don't want that will, I mean, and it's up for grabs. Like what, you know, you're, you, you aren't guaranteed to be blessed outside of God's will. And like, I don't know about you, but that's like one of the scariest things to me is being, or being outside of God's will and knowing it, you know, like I'm not guaranteed to have like a great life if I'm outside of God's will because he gave me this so that I will have a great life. That's true. It's true. <laughs> I was, I was swearing cause like you're, you're already, you're always, you're already using the, uh, uh preacher terms. What? I don't know about you, but I came to tell somebody that if you're outside of God's will, hallelujah. <laughs> um, it's absolutely true. You know, it's absolutely true. Why would we think we can do our own thing 
Yeah. And God do. bless it. Yeah. You know, that, that brings me to um, think about Psalm 127. Because uh, I don't know about you. <laughs> no. Psalm 127. You, we know this verse. The first verse of Psalm 127. It says, unless the Lord builds the house. Yeah. They labor in vain. Mm. The build it. It's pointless. Yeah. So it's like, why would we think that we can just do whatever we want and then God's going to put his blessing on it? Yeah. It doesn't right. work that way. Yeah. We do what God is doing. Yeah. God doesn't bless what isn't his. That's right. It's good. We do what God is doing. Right. That's what I always see. That's the prayer that we need to pray in consecration. Mm-hmm. You know, I deal with that in the book on uh, in the fasting book on how should I, there's a whole chapter called how should I pray when I fast? How should I pray when I fast? Yeah. One of the ways that you should pray when you're fasting, especially, is prayers of consecration. That means giving yourself to God, saying, Lord, whatever. We used to sing songs like that. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. You know, that's a, that's a song and a prayer of consecration. Uh, I'll say, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. That's a song of consecration. It's me yielding my will to God's will. Jesus prayed a prayer of consecration in Gethsemane. Not my will, Lord. He said, Lord, is there any way this cup can pass from me? But if not, not my will, but your will be done. That's consecration. You know, I don't care that Jesus was the uh, son of God. He had a flesh body that didn't want to be crucified. Yeah. He didn't want to be crucified. Who wants that? To be tortured and killed. And that, that was his flesh saying, Lord, if there's any other way. For this to come to pass, redemption, let me know. But if there's not, not my will, but your will be done. That's consecration. And that's the key. Consecration says, I yield my will to God's will. Now, I don't want to do what I want to do. I want to do what he says to do. That's Mm -hmm. where the blessing is. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do what I want to do. I want to do what he says. And here's the powerful thing about it. Our intelligence is finite. Oh, yeah. His is infinite. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I love this. Isaiah 55, or excuse me, Isaiah 58. No. 55? 55. Verses 8 and 9. Where the Lord spoke and said, My ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Yeah. As the heavens are higher than the earth. That's what he said. Yeah. So are my ways... Higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. Yeah, and that's that's the humility part. That's like it's saying, not my will, Lord, like not my flesh, but it's yours to be done. Because because when you put that like damper on what you want, God's gonna bless you for linking yourself up with God's will. Mm-hmm. You want to get as close as you can, and you can be in perfect in God's perfect will. Of course. Link yourself up to what God has you to do, like his will. Be in unison with him. And you'll start to see things just open up. Yeah. Because you think about it, it's like, when, think, think of this, look at a championship football team or a championship basketball team. When they run the plays perfectly, things work perfectly. Yeah. If, if the, let's, let's take football for an example. If the lineman, let's say it's a running play, you know, for a touchdown. If the lineman will block the way they're supposed to block and in the direction they're supposed to block perfectly, what happens? It creates a perfect gap 
for the running back to run through untouched into the end zone. But then here's the other thing. The running back Mm -hmm. still can't do whatever he wants to do. Right, yeah. He can say, well, you know, they opened that hole for me, and I know that's the play I'm supposed to run, but I'm going to run this way. No, if you want the victory, you yield your ego and your will. You don't do your own thing. You do what's planned by someone greater than you. Right, yeah, And the gap was created by someone who came up with that play. Mm-hmm. That is, that's the position you're supposed to run. When I run in the direction that's planned for me to run, the hole's already there. Yeah. The opening, the breakthrough, the ease, it's already there. And then what happens? I run directly into victory untouched. Mm-hmm. Only because I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I was doing what I was led to do. And that's the key. You're doing what you're led to do. It's a play that's been designed by God, not by you. And he knows where you're supposed to go in order for that to work out perfectly. And that's why we consecrate ourselves because consecration is pure power. Mm. It's pure power. Gives you access to pure, unadulterated victory. Because God doesn't lose battles. That's right. It's like, if you, just link up to him and he'll, he'll take you. Because what, what do you think? You're going to link up to God and then he's just going to lose a bunch of times and, right. you know, and bring you into defeat? I wish I'd have done it myself, Lord. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's just that's foolishness. So number one, it's, 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 we're talking about when you follow the voice of the Lord, brings you into the blessing of the Lord. Yeah, um, when I was at, I've got a testimony. When I was at Uproar, actually, um, on the prosperity point, a financial testimony. When I was at Uproar, it came time for the offering. It was about, it was the second to last night. And there was, uh, they took the offering. And I felt uh, led to give, so I opened my phone up, because that's how I was giving. And I went to the page to give, and then, you know, there's like a, there's like a scrolling thing. How much do you want to give? And I start to scroll it to like 50, and then the Lord says, keep going. And I scrolled it to 100, says, keep going. And I, I'm 16, so like, this, it's getting big for me keeps going like 150. I'm like, can you please stop it? Like, I, I was like, oh my goodness. He, he got me to go all the way to 300. And I was like, that wow. was big for me because yeah, like, it's big you know, for almost anybody, right. It was. And I was like, I was like, and then it stopped. I was like, okay, that's stay. And then, and then as soon as I, I heard the voice, give it, I, I clicked the button, gave it almost instantly. So like, that was the end of the service. The service ended. They prayed. We left almost instantly. A kid from that church, um, a young adult came from that church and said, hey, can I talk to you? Can we go into my office? And I said, sure. And he said, listen, I had the Lord speak to you, speak to me to give you $900 just out of the blue. I mean, that was instant return on what God told me to do. Like that's crazy blessing for that obedience. And he said instantly the Lord told him to sow a seed into my life to give that $900. That's three times what I gave. And it didn't take any time, but it just took the obedience to say, I mean, you're, you're having me give this for a reason. I trust you. I trust you with my finances. And it returned like that. And he also encouraged me with some of the same stuff I was worrying about, about Bible college. He, it, it was the perfect. And if I hadn't given that, right. I wouldn't have had that return. I wouldn't have had that encouragement. And then the next night, I came time for the offering. I felt to give, and I felt to give $100. The service ended instantly. Who was it? It's um, Zach. Mm-hmm. Came from across the room, and he just walked over to me, 
handed me, my, handed me his Apple Watch with three bands, one of them Louis Vuitton. Like, it's a brand new Apple Watch. Handed it to me and just walked out. Wow. I mean, that was, like, right after I clicked send, and he went, bam. And it was, like, I mean, that just taught me. That, I will never, like, listen to people that's, like, don't give. You know, we don't give to get, just give. You know, like, right. I can, I can, I have a testimony where I said that's the obedience of the Lord brought instant blessing. Of course it does. I mean, nobody can talk you out of that. No, and that's the thing is that, you know, it's one thing to know the Bible says it. It's another thing for it to be true for you. Yeah. You've tried it. You've tested it. You've seen it work in your life. You can't take a, a that's why the Bible says they overcame by the, the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. When you have your own personal testimony. It, you can't be talked out of your own personal testimony. Yeah. When you've seen God work for you, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's amazing. Britt said, if you had kept your $300, you would have had less than what you oh, ended yeah. up with through your obedience. Exactly right. And so it's important to know that when you follow the voice of the Lord, it brings you into blessing, including yeah. financial blessing. Number two, it also brings you into protection. Mm. When God leads you to do something, he leads you in protection. And that's, of course, we know that one of the verse, uh, the chapters, really, that's been quoted during this entire year is Psalm 91. And we know that that's a psalm of protection. And the Bible says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. That right there is being led by God. Mm-hmm. You can't dwell in the shelter of the Most High If you're not led by the spirit of God, you're out doing your own thing somewhere else, not abiding in the shelter. And so if you dwell in the shelter, that means that you are where he is, Mm -hmm. which means you're led by him. You're being led by him. You're following him. makes me think of the uh, people of God in the old Testament. The Bible says that they were led by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Mm -hmm. They weren't out doing their own route. They were following his route. Yeah following his route. And that's the key. When you dwell in the shelter of the most high, you abide in the shadow of the almighty. All these other things become true for you. You don't need to, uh, you know, fear the terror of the night arrow that flies by day, the pestilence, the pestilence, the pestilence, that's disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but these things will not touch you. Right. I'm thankful for that. Let me tell you, I've taken a ton of flights in 2020. I've traveled nonstop, haven't I? Since like what, April, Carolyn? May? Which one? Started back back and not stopped. There were times I was on the road for eight or nine weeks at a time, nonstop. I've been on packed flights. I've been in crowds of people. I've been ever. Corona has never touched my body. And it's at every opportunity. Every opportunity I've been around. I mean, I'm not locking myself in the house. I'm not in my basement like Joe Biden. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've, I've been out and about. I've been going, preaching, laying hands on people. Yeah, I haven't stopped laying hands on people for the entire year. I'm not socially distancing the power of God. I've laid hands on hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people this year and preached, been on flights, been everywhere. It's never touched my body. Because when you're being led by the Spirit of God, you can stand and believe that these things will not touch you. I'm not condemning anybody that's uh, dealt with it or had to deal with it or whatever. I'm not condemning you. I'm saying that there is a way. You can stay in a place of divine protection. Yeah. 
It's and, part of the power of God. Yeah, and people say, well, that's just, that's arrogance. That, oh, it can't touch you. You're just, you're, you're a hireling. Yeah. But it's, it's not arrogance in yourself. It's arrogance in confidence in the dwelling place of God. That's right. It's, it's confidence that when I abide in the shelter of the Most High, none of this will happen. So you have to read the first couple verses because if you don't do this, none of this is guaranteed. Right. That's the prerequisite to live. And then um, Pastor Sean Thomas spoke on this this last Sunday at Abundant Life. And something that he said jumped out to me. He said, you know, when, when things happen and terrible things happen, people say, well, where was God in all this? And he said, I'd like to ask the question, where were you in all this? Were you in the dwelling place of God? That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Well, because here's the, here's the thing. When you start to look at it this way, um, the protection of God is for people who are doing the will of God. Mm. But, you know, it's, it's not arrogance in the way that you say, you know, like it's not pride because understand, I don't provide the protection. Right. Yeah. So I couldn't be prideful about it because it's not me providing the protection. It's the Lord who provides the protection. Yeah. You can't, there's no human being that can actively protect themselves from a microscopic virus. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't be like swatting it yeah. away when it's coming. You know, it's like, it doesn't work that like way. Like a paper mask. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like the, the key being it's, it can't be pride because, you know, and, the, and, and then here's the other thing. Anybody that wants to make that argument would have to make it about every blessing we receive from God. You know, so like salvation. You talk about salvation. Oh, you're, I guess you're just one of God's special yeah, salvation. Right. I, you know, you'd have to say it about every single thing. That's true. Healing. Oh, you can believe you can be healed? Yes, because the Bible says it. Right, yeah. I ask the same question to people about depression, you know, and I have a heart, a serious heart for people who battle depression. It's one of the things I pray for the most. It's one of the things I call out the most in these meetings when we have uh, meetings. But one of the statements I made one time that's sometimes not received well. The Bible teaches that you can live in the joy of the Lord, Mm -hmm. in fullness of joy, which I always ask the question because it gets people's mind thinking. Can you be in fullness of joy and fullness of depression at the same time? Well, the answer is no. But the Bible says in Psalm 1611, in his presence Mm -hmm. is fullness of joy. So the question is, have you stayed like Sean asked on Sunday, mm-hmm. where were you in all this? Have you stayed in his presence? Because I, I find, and I'm not saying this in a judgmental way, but I find that there's a lot of people, there are, there are a lot of people who, you know, they can say I'm sold out to God. They say, mm-hmm. oh, oh, I'm an I'm on-fire Christian. They don't actually employ the disciplines mm. necessary to stay in joy. Right. They don't take time daily to praise God. And I mean, praise God. They don't take time to pray. The the statistics tell us the average Christian, Tiffany Barna reports that five minutes a day, uh, five minutes a day is the average amount of time for the Christian praying, praying. Yeah. Five minutes a day. You're not going to find joy outside of the presence of God. There's no, No. there's no joy. Don't read the word. Yeah. Right. That's why we're going to read through the whole Bible in 90 days at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. If you want to jump on, jump on. But I'm telling you, they don't employ the principles necessary to be in his presence and to be in fullness of joy. So you can't say, well, I'm a Christian. I don't understand why I'm depressed. I understand why you're depressed. It has nothing to do with a chemical imbalance. That may be how it manifests. Right. Yeah. But you have to understand mm-hmm. the Bible teaches that heaviness is a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. 
it's spiritually motivated. It's spiritually uh, dealt with as well. Mm-hmm. You can't medicate a spirit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you do that? Can't admit a spirit into a hospital. Right. So you have to understand if it's a spiritual root, it has to have a spiritual answer. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's key. Yeah. Health is included. Mm-hmm. It's the third benefit of being led by the spirit. Health. We read Psalm 1-3 uh, earlier in the broadcast, mm-hmm. but it says their leaves will never wither. Oh, yeah. And they'll prosper in all they do. So if your leaves will never wither, you're like planted by a river. Strength, pulling that sustenance from mm-hmm. the river. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, and you won't run dry because you're, you're, you're connected. And if you stay connected, you'll never run dry because, you know, a tree doesn't wither just because, you know, when it's uprooted, it'll wither. When you uproot a tree, it'll wither because, you know, it has nothing to draw from. But when you're drawing from the pool of God, the living water of God, you'll never run dry. That's right. That's exactly right. And the key becomes when you're drawing from him, everything you need. We want to come back? Thank you. Who's back there? It's Jonathan. It's Jonathan. When, when, <laughs> when you're pulling from him, remember the sustenance that is in God. You're pulling from every element of that sustenance. You're pulling from protection. You're pulling from strength. You're pulling from healing. You're pulling from uh, uh, wisdom. You're pulling from all these different things that are in God are actually coming into you. I love that's that's why Jesus described it that way in John 15 when he he likened himself to the true vine and we're the branches. Mm -hmm. And he said, apart from me, like you just said, if you're severed, you can do nothing. You wither and die Mm -hmm. apart from me. You can do nothing. But when you're connected to the true vine, then you'll bear much fruit. Why? You're pulling sustenance from the true vine. Mm -hmm. And when that comes into you, it actually produces uh, that outcome in your, in your own personal life. So prosperity, protection, health. How about this one? Victory. Mm-hmm. Victorious in every battle, in every situation. It, it makes me laugh that we'll consult every human being about stuff. We'll put it out on Facebook, right. but we won't ask the Lord about it. Right. Hey, everybody pray for me. Struggle's real. Yeah. And then you call three people that are in the same problem you're in. Hey, so what are you going to do? It's like, if (laughs) they had done it, they'd be out of the problem. (laughs) Consult the Lord. Yeah. You know, remember the story about uh, King David when he came back to Ziklag with his men Mm -hmm. uh, and they had already, they'd had all their wives and children taken while they were gone. Mm -hmm. He consulted the Lord before. Consulted the Lord. He, he did, you know, they were all not only crying and weeping, they were getting angry at him and picking up, getting ready to stone him. Right. Because like the natural way of thinking is why wouldn't you do it? Just go. Right. And that's the natural mind just panicking because, you know, it doesn't know what to do in times like that. Yeah. But he had to consult the Lord. Exactly. Because his ways are higher than, than our ways. And David recognized if God's not going to be with me on this journey, yeah. I better not even go. Mm-hmm. Because unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Mm-hmm. If God's not going to be my fortress and my strength and help me, I'm not even going. And he knew that. The men didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. But he consulted the Lord. He said, bring me an ephod. Put on the priestly garment and consulted the Lord. And the Lord said to him, go and you will surely recover all. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be involved in anything that the Lord's not involved in. Right. And when he is involved, it's total victory. Because as Paul wrote to the Romans, if God is for you, who can be against you? Mm -hmm. That's the key. And so it brings you into total victory. And then finally, we'll talk about this. 
the fifth thing that it, it promises you is a life of the miraculous. Seeing God move in miraculous ways in your life. I mean, even the story you just shared, that's a miracle. Yeah. Those are miracle yeah. things happening, taking place. You know, nobody knew what you did. Mm-hmm. Those people didn't know what you sowed. They didn't know what you gave in the yeah. offering. You know, but the Lord spoke to them. And that, and his word came to pass, given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Yeah. Well, he caused men to, to give, give into your bosom. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. Miraculous things, miraculous things. When you are led by the spirit of God, miraculous things begin to happen. When he says to you to do something and you obey it, get ready for supernatural things to take place. Mm-hmm. It's like Peter, Jesus comes walking on the water. Mm, yeah. And he said, Lord, if it's really you, call me out unto you. And Jesus just said, come. And when he said, come, Peter stepped out of the boat and began to do the impossible. He couldn't have done that without a leading from the Lord. Right. Without Jesus yeah. saying, come, there was no supernatural thing. Right. There yeah. was no miracle. Mm-hmm. But when he said, come, and Peter obeyed the leading, supernatural things started happening. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens. Miracles take place in our lives when we begin to obey the leading or the direction of the Holy Ghost. Right. Happens time after time after time. And see, this is why I'm saying this needs to be one of the things. And I'm like appalled that it's not pushed more to our young people and preached about and taught about. Because think about how much even money you'd save. Oh, you know how yeah. you know, people go to college and change their major oh, yeah. three times mm-hmm. and then, well, I got to go a few, few more years. I changed my major. I didn't feel like that was for me. Instead of, if you would just know what you're called to do yeah. before you go to college, uh, you know, whatever it might be like, thank God, you know, you're called to be a minister. That's right. going to save you years of trying to figure out your life. Yeah. I don't have to go to engineering school and then figure out it's not for me and then go to like med school and say, oh, I don't like this either. You know, right. I, I already know. So like I'm walking in that path already. And the earlier you know how to recognize that voice, the less heartache you're going to experience. I mean, think about it. Now you've got student loan debt till you're 45, oh, yeah. paying stuff off for medical school and engineering school because it wasn't for you, but you still went anyway. Mm-hmm. All the, the things that people deal with. And then you, could, you can literally be free of all that. You know, when people that, and, and trust me, I'm not saying this in a condemning way. I'm just making a point. People that got married, and but they, they never consulted the Lord about who they were supposed to marry or if this was even a person that the Bible would say is a person a Christian should marry, all those things. And then they end in uh, heartache, divorce, problems. Why? Because they never even consulted the Lord. They weren't led by the Spirit. And I dealt with this yesterday. People, we, we've talked to so many people say, well, I, I, I knew that my daughter wasn't supposed to marry. I knew my, my son wasn't supposed to marry that person. I had to check in my spirit, but I never said anything. Or even the person that got married says the same thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I knew it wasn't right, but I, you know, we, we just been together so long or whatever. It's like, dude, be led by the spirit. He's saving you heartache. He's saving you destruction. You know, then you go through things and there's problems. And I'm telling you, if you'll just be led by the spirit of God, then there will be victory in every area of your life. He'll yeah. never lead uh-huh. you wrong. Yeah, He doesn't lead you wrong. And for those young people that are watching today, please, please listen to this. Because for a person that's tried it, listened, heard the voice of God and maybe said, ah, that, that, that's too hard to do, it, it doesn't end well. Because if I would have just, you know, there's relationships I shouldn't have been in, things I shouldn't have gone and done, 
but I heard it and, and brush it off. And if you brush that off, it's, it's going to end poorly because there's a reason God is telling you to do that. So young people that are watching, please listen to this. You've got to get this early because he's going to lead you. He wants to lead you because as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So if you're a Christian, he wants to actually lead you into what you're doing. And that's going to start early. So recognize that early. And when you hear that voice, at all costs, like no matter what it costs you, do the thing he's telling you to do. Because yeah. it's going to end up in blessing. You're not going to lose anything. You're not going to lose anything that you were supposed to have. Right. You might lose things that you weren't even supposed to be in, but that's good. Yeah. That's good. And you know, there's, there's people who say, like, years back, I should have not been in a relationship. And I, I felt it. I knew it. And I still went ahead and did it. And I didn't realize that that would have ended in, like, the worst, like, heartbreak or whatever that I've ever experienced. Like, I would have known in the start, like, this is not going to end well. And if I would have just listened to that voice, it would have saved me time, money, you know, heartache. If you listen to that voice, you're not going to go wrong. Yeah. And it opens the doors to so much better being available, isn't yeah. that right? Yeah. So much better. So much. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, so it's true. Creepy. And, and, <laughs> but it, and here's what we're going to do, because you can, Billion. That's exactly right. You can be light years oh, yeah. ahead. You can be light years ahead just by following the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. It's amazing that he lifts you head and shoulders above the rest. You know, I think of the scripture in Psalm 75 verses six and seven, where the Bible says promotion does not come from the east or the west or the south, but promotion comes from the Lord and he decides who will rise and who will fall. How's he deciding that? By whose heart is loyal to him, who's obeying his word, following after him by faith. And then what happens? He grabs you by his mighty right hand and lifts you up head and shoulders above the rest. Mm -hmm. Only God can promote like that. Yeah. Only God. And so I'm encouraging you today. And in a moment, I'm going to have my nephew pray for those of you. And I hope there's a bunch of you. I hope you have your children watching or you're forwarding this to your uh, college student children or whatever needs to be said. Maybe you're listening to the podcast and uh, you've never heard people teach this stuff before. I want you to hear it. And I want you to ask God today uh, to begin to speak to you. Quiet mm -hmm. your flesh and listen to the voice of the Lord. You know, sometimes he'll speak to you while you're reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've had, yeah, that happen. had that happen. He'll speak to you while you're reading the Bible. Sometimes he'll speak to you in prayer. Sometimes he'll speak to you while you're sleeping. I've had that happen in dreams or when you wake up and you're fresh to the day, he'll speak to you. There's times he'll speak to you through other people. Mm -hmm. He'll speak to you yeah. through a, a, your pastor or a minister or through a broadcast like this or podcast. Sometimes God is not limited in how he can speak to you, but you always have to be listening because his voice is the most important asset and resource that we have as believers. Yeah. So before we do anything else today, I want to have my nephew pray for those of you that are watching that God would open up your spirit and sensitivity and then begin to speak to you and lead you into 2021 All and the right. rest of your life. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for everyone that's watching. Speak to them specifically yes. about what, in, what path they're supposed to take in life that will lead them into prosperity. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that leads us yes. along the right path and guides us into your perfect will. Thank you, Jesus. And I thank you that it's going to lead us into where we're supposed to be in 2021. And in this fast that we're going into, 
and where we're going to be consecrating ourselves to you. Yes. Use it, Lord, to lead us into prosperity and lead us into where you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Listen. It's exciting. We're getting ready to cross over into a new year. Yeah. God has great things planned for you. And I want to hear your testimonies as God begins to move in your life. Listen, we're taking the first 21 days. Now we're going to begin on January the 2nd and go through the 22nd. 21 days of fasting and prayer. And uh, we'll be broadcasting. And um, most likely we're going to be adding Saturdays uh, to the broadcast as well during the fast. Just so you have... These, this resource every day other than Sunday, you'll be either in church or, or, or online church, whatever you have. But January the 2nd through January the 22nd, we want to encourage you to join us. The brand new book is available for those of you that are just jumping on. Uh, a complete guide to biblical fasting. And this is literally, I did my best to make this an exhaustive guide to the subject of fasting from scripture. It's about 250 some pages uh, answering all frequently asked questions, uh, showing you things from scripture on the importance of fasting. We answer all kinds of stuff. We talk about how should I pray when I fast? Uh, we talk about the health benefits, what it does to your body, the spiritual benefits. We talk about, uh, how long you should fast. We talk about how to break a fast, how to start a fast, everything that we could get into your hands. We talk about the Daniel fast and, um, Basically, anything you'd ever want to know about Christian fasting is in this book and uh, give you, uh, oh, I forgot to say this. We added prayer points uh, at the end of this book. So to get you started in prayer, we give you prayer points and scripture references in the book at the end so that you can use this book in your prayer time as well. So this book's going to be a massive blessing to you. It's available right now on amazon.com. My copy comes today. I'm so very happy. Uh, apparently with Amazon's prime shipping, they'll get it to you in one to two days. You can have it before the fast. I think people were saying yesterday, January 3rd. So maybe right as we begin the fast, you'll have it. Mm -hmm. My plan is to have the ebook ready, uh, before the fast even begins and you can get it. Many people have been writing, uh, how can I get the ebook? It'll be a Kindle book and it'll be available on Apple books. So both will have it and, uh, and you'll be able to get it for there. So I'm very excited about that. Mm -hmm. We want to take a minute. I encourage you yesterday before this year comes to an end, take a step of faith and sow a significant seed that will prepare you for 2021. What is God going to do in your life financially mm -hmm. in 2021? Is it going to be your year to be debt free? Is it going to be your year to see supernatural increase in your finances? Maybe you've, see, here's the thing. Maybe you've never sown largely like Alex was talking about earlier. Maybe you've never sown at that level of a thousand dollars. There's people watching. Maybe you have a business ministry, whatever it might be. And the Lord's spoken to you to sow $10,000 and you've never sown at that level before, but God's speaking to you now before the new year starts to set yourself in position for the greatest year you've ever had. Mm -hmm. Sow that seed. Maybe you're watching the Lord speaking to so speaking to you to sow that $50,000 to help us as we're feeding children, doing things around the world. And now getting ready to preach the gospel in the nations of the world every week on television, do what the Lord's asking you. Sow that $50,000. Sow that $10,000. Maybe the Lord's speaking to you today to sow a thousand dollars. People all over the body of Christ are stepping up and sowing at large levels. And I want to encourage you to do the same. 
Carolyn and I are getting ready to sow the biggest seed we've ever released from our life in just a couple of days, getting it in the ground before the new year begins. You can easily do it. You can go to miracleword.com and sow your seed right on the website, wherever you are in the world, you can do it there. If you're in the United States, you can use PayPal, Cash App, um, Venmo, all the information's on the website. And then if you're watching on Facebook or Periscope uh, slash Twitter, you can use uh, hashtag donate to sow in the comments section without ever having to leave the comments. You can put hashtag symbol, the word donate, and then the amount you'd like to give. Like hashtag donate 1000, whatever you'd like to do, you can do it right in the comments section. But do something mm-hmm. by faith. Yeah. Do something by faith and give God something to work with in this upcoming year. We want to encourage you to partner with us on a monthly basis as we're standing in the gap for those who don't yet know the Lord. This is going to be a year of impact. We're going to see more people saved than we ever have by the power of God. And for those of you that that are sowing this month, we have some books that we want to make available to you, specifically on healing in the month of December. Two powerful classics. Number one is Healing the Sick by uh, T.L. Osborne. And then, of course, Christ the Healer by F.F. Bosworth. Uh, Two books that are classics on healing uh, that we're making available. The reason we did that, we know that... um, these were on a lot of people's reading list, like Healing the Sick. You may already have that book. You can choose the other one. Also, my father's making available to you uh, as a third option, 40 years of marriage and ministry uh, that he will sign and we'll send it to you. All you have to do is go to miracleword.com forward slash offer, and you can choose uh, what you'd like to receive. Give us your address, and then uh, also tell us how you sowed your seed uh, so that we know. Thank you, Jack. I appreciate that. Lilia is excited. I'm she excited. Said, I'm excited. I'm excited too. Yeah, it's going to be a great year. Gonna be great. The fast is going to be wonderful. It's time to put ourselves in position for the greatest year we've ever had. Fasting and prayer uh, is without a question. That's why I put the subtitle on the book that I did. Master the habit that provokes God's favor. It mm. does provoke God's favor. It doesn't just humble you. It provokes God's favor. So let me encourage you, if you've not gotten a chance to order the book yet, take a minute to order it, order one for somebody else. Do it with your small groups at your church. It will bless you. A complete guide to biblical fasting. Uh, The foreword done by Dr. Bob Rogers, who has written more on fasting, I believe in the last 100 years than any other man of God. And I appreciate that very much and love him. He pastors Evangel World Prayer Center in Louisville, Kentucky, the church that Colonel Sanders was saved in, came to the altar and gave his heart to the Lord from Kentucky Fried Chicken. Amazing. Uh, that testimony's in this book, by the way. We love you guys. Thanks to Alex. Thanks for having me on. For being on the broadcast today. Great. And uh, great job. I love you. And he, he's going to be uh, preaching revivals very soon. We're oh, going to yeah. let you know. Uh, all the details as to oh, yeah. where his meetings will be <laughs> and you can come he'll lay hands on you and he'll say I don't know about you but I came to tell somebody <laughs> we love you too Brent everybody in the Victory Tribe we love you so much thanks for hanging with us thank you a hand from Teddy in the corner we will be back with you again tomorrow morning 10:30 a.m. be blessed we love you talk to you soon bye everybody Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.